At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thursday morning, December 21st. Week 16 in the National Football League. It's the Beating the Book podcast. Megapod. Week 16. My God. Three weeks left in the NFL season. It's Gil Alexander. We welcome in the crew, our staples on the show, back to his mom's cork attic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He loves when I say that. It's Todd Wishnev, everybody. How you doing, Todd? Hi, Gil. How are you? I'm doing great. A lot of requests for Christmas songs from you today. Can we expect some Christmas songs on the show? I, I You know, I don't really like being prompted, to be perfectly honest. I understand. Honest. I understand. You're an organic, natural kind of guy. Uh, not from his mom's cork attic, but in front of a uh, a big wall <clears throat> that has VEASAN logos all over it. It is uh, the star of not only this podcast, but also the Bear Bets podcast with Chris Felica on Fox. Will Hill... It's happening. Gilly, boys, what's going on? Excited as always. It's funny. I, I joked that last week I m- might have had the worst pick in Megapod history because I had under Jags Browns. I think it was 31 and a half, and both teams almost got the over by themselves. I think I outdid myself. I had the under that Raiders Chargers game last week, and <laughs> uh, that one did not get home. So let's see what I got it, cooked up for today. It just missed, Will. It just missed. What was the final? 60, yeah, 62 to 21. What was the final of that game? 63 21. 63 21. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Will, there's always a third week to continue that streak. But it's better to lose like that. It is. Just get crushed. Totally. Yeah. And our uh, rotating guest this week, who reminded me that this is his first non week 18 appearance on the podcast, after which I spiraled into uh, drugs, depression, and alcohol because I felt like I was totally rude. From Yahoo Sports, it's Frank Schwab. It's our old buddy. How you doing, Frank? It was fine. It's just, you know, it's nice to be picking in a week that games actually matter. Matters. Yeah. Teams actually care. I, I get it. You're giving me the tryout, you know, seeing if I can handle. Uh, <laughs> Week 18 before bumping me up to a week that mattered. But uh, as always, Gil, glad to be on. You've done great work for years, and I always uh, always enjoy the show, and it's always a little uh, strange being a guest on the show. Oh, I appreciate it. I, who was it this week? Uh, Pritch. Pritch was on last week, Mike Pritchard, and he said, mm-hmm. you know, he goes, yeah, I was a little nervous with my picks. Like, it's really competitive on the podcast. And uh, who was Adam Chernoff told me also, like, all the stuff that Adam Chernoff does at right angle, he said to me, you know, earlier this year, he's like, I get more nervous for my, for my mega pod picks than anything. Oh, that's so true. It's I, I, but, but this is my third time. I think it's my third time. 
both the first two times I, I've never sweated games more on a Sunday than like, so I don't want to go like, I don't want to like go over three and the teaser loses and everything else loses. And you're like, yeah, Gil's Gil's going to lose my number. No, 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 no. Speaking of records, Todd Wishdev is the uh, court stenographer. He has the updates. Oh, Todd, say it slow and loud. Did we lose time? Uh, wow. Okay. First of all, could you, could you be could you is be that, quicker? Could you be quicker on the draw? Maybe. I was just uh, checking out Central Connecticut Ford. Um, okay, so Gilly Iceman yeah. keeps his lead. It looks like we're not going to catch it this year, folks. He went two and one with a nice Lions, Lions, Falcons, Kansas City Falcons. Uh, wow. What can you say about the Falcons? Oh. That was just unbelievable. They they caused he goes he they moves to twenty nine fifteen. 29, 15, and 1? Is that what you're about to say? I was just going to say the Falcons cost yes, me a massive, and one to to a massive week. Yeah, go ahead, Todd. I'm sorry. Did and we... 1 for me, which is, you know, pretty as, as good as you're going to get, you know, um, 29, 15, 1. That's pretty darn good. Uh, Willie went 2 and 1 as well with his under Raiders barely missing by a scooch, uh, as we were just talking about. <laughs> Uh, Lions winning easily and Bills winning easily. Uh, I went one one and one with a Falcons as well. I followed Gilly on the Falcons nonsense, uh, so I lost that. Hit the Colts and then the Browns. I got a miracle push when the Browns came from you know nowhere to win that game. So now I am twenty two twenty and three, and the guest spot went one and two. Mike Pritchard went one and two with the Broncos, Bucks, and Giants. So the guest spot moves to 24, 18, and 3. In the teaser world, the category that really makes makes a difference, Gilly is 9 and 6, Willie is 10 and 5, Todd is 11 and 4, that's the best there is, and the guest is 10 and 5. So, you know, while our picks have been, you know, amazing from at least from Gil, our teasers, everybody's been winning on teasers very nicely this year. What did Pritch do last week, by the way, Todd? What did he do? Pritch went one and two. One and two. Uh, can he can you, wrong, Todd? Can you turn wrong, off your Todd? Can you turn off your video because your audio is uh, jacked? So let's get this because uh, I want it to sound good to people. You, you can turn off your video. Oh wait, maybe maybe. Uh, I think it was just because I had my phone sitting on there. Is it better now? It is not. Can you turn off your video? So is that we can, better? Yeah, we have a, no. Let's just. How, turn, do, how do I do that? How do you do that? He says. Just turn. Just click on this thing. <laughs> is that is that the way? There we go. Okay, that? that'll inc that'll improve the audio for everybody. Thank you, Todd Wishnev, for your update. Can you hear me now? We can hear you now. You sound great. Okay. Hopefully that improves the audio because no one wants. We didn't want to hear it all jacked. All right. Um, well, I didn't know what was jacked. No, I know you didn't. Okay. So let us uh, let's talk. Do you have anything in game, Todd, from last week that you wanted to talk about real quick? I don't know. I've been having a lot of success with these. Uh, these, I mean, running back, um, these running back props. When when these guys are gashing people, and the game is in a in a scenario where the guy's going to get more carries, it's very often difficult for them to keep it uh, below. There was one last week I didn't even get it off because it spun on me. But um, Walker for the Seahawks on Monday night, I believe, had 50 yards, and they were putting it up at 73 and a half early in the second half. And I'm like, well, that's just that's just too low because I think he was averaging also like five yards a carry. There's been a lot of these, like I had Kyron Williams a couple times in a row with the uh, with the five yards and carry nonsense. I got him again this week. Uh, they, they boosted him a little higher this time. It was like he had 70 yards rushing, and it was over 122 and a half. He went flying over that as well. Um, 
but uh, anyways, that that's that's been uh, working pretty good. Uh, also, uh, Cole Komet seems to be throw they throw him the ball constantly, and he's always at over three and a half catches. Sooner or later, I'm sure they're going to boost him up. But if they start throwing him the ball, I've been I've been getting him in game a lot too. Um, as far as uh, just regular in game, I had a really good week this week. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any. Um, Anything that really stood out as as uh, very interesting. Nothing that I can come okay. that comes to mind. That's fine. That's fine. Um, let us get to Thursday night football. Then tonight it is the Saints at the Rams. Rams are uh, four point favorites. Both are behind me here at the D Circus Sports. It's three and a half in favor of the Rams in this ball game. Two seven and seven teams. Uh, I hesitate to call it a de facto elimination game because whenever you're dealing with an NFC South team, nothing is ever an elimination game until the very end because uh, the Saints are very much alive. Um, but obviously both teams fighting for playoff spots. Rams have been gashing opponents uh, and good opponents, number one and number two in uh, EPA per play included in their uh, last four weeks, the Browns and the Ravens. They've scored 132 points over the last four weeks with Kyron Williams now back in the lineup. Uh, they've averaged 27 points per game with him, 14.25 without him in the lineup. Um, so the Rams are getting it done on offense for sure. And the Saints play a lot of man. They also feed a lot to the uh, to the defenses, excuse me, to the offense's slot receivers. So hello, Cooper Cup tonight as well, it would seem. And Matthew Stafford's been great. Uh, top three in adjusted net yards. Hello? Can't hear you at all, Gilly. I lost you. Gilly, can you guys hear him still? I can't. Uh, no. Now I'm back. What was that? Okay. We'll work it out. We've only, I mean, it's only 15 weeks. We'll work it out. 15, 16 weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, what was I saying? Matthew Stafford, last four weeks, uh, ranks top three in adjusted net yards per attempt, quarterback rating, and EPA per play. So the Saints are up against it here um, for sure. But there's a case to be made for the Saints, I guess, as well. I have not made a bet on this. Do any of you have a bet on this game tonight any which way? Frank, do anything from you? Uh, I, I like the Saints a little bit, I guess. I, I think we saw them play really well last week. I know it's the Giants, but the Giants have been playing better. The one thing I worry about with the Saints here, massive look-ahead spot. Uh, next week's game at Tampa Bay is basically the NFC South championship game, whatever that means. I don't know, but... It, it, you wonder if the Saints are, are just that's their focus. That's their Super Bowl. But the, the wild card window is open for the Saints, too. They can't just go into this game and drop it. They I think you're going to see I think it's a field goal game either way. I, I really I, I just can't quit the Saints. I look at their talent. They've disappointed me all season. This team should be better. I know Dennis Allen is not a good coach. He's probably getting fired. But I, I look at how they played last week some of the Rams deficiencies. And I think the Saints can at least keep this close, especially look, it was four and a half earlier this week. I took a little bit of it. I think it's, I think it's just gonna be close. A Thursday night, close game between two teams that are really, really fighting for playoff spots. Second to last Thursday night game of the year. Todd or Will, anything on this tonight? Uh, I agree with everything Frank said. I was close to making it my third pick with the Saints, but I'm gonna go in a different direction. I just don't think they're gonna win the game. Like I said, like Frank said, I, I could see Rams by a field goal. I don't love the Saints team. Uh, the Rams, I don't think they're good enough on defense. So it, it's definitely, I, I bet it, it's just not going to be one of my three picks. Dad. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to take the Rams. I just don't trust the Rams. I mean, I think they're pretty good on offense. I think they're like a, uh, a slightly above average team, but you can't really trust them, you know, and I don't trust their defense at all. So I, that's why I don't want to lay 
lay the points there. And, you know, I would lean to the over, but I don't love it either. If Puka Nakua averages six catches and 104 yards receiving the last three games of the season, he will have broken both the receptions and receiving yards records for rookies in National Football League history, which I think is a, a little detail lost on most. Who has the record? Is it Moss? It's uh, got to be JJ, I think. No. Justin Jefferson. Right? On receptions? Oh, yeah, Jeff. No, Jalen yeah, Waddle. Jalen Waddle had a... Oh, uh, right. Yeah, he had 107 or something. 104 like two years ago. And in terms of receiving yards, who could forget Bill Groman's 1960 season when he had 1,473 really? yards receiving? Who could forget that? Any of these guys Bill that get the game, there should be an asterisk because, like, Moss, Moss is a rookie, should have all the records. He was the most dominant rookie I've ever seen. Where, where did Moss, uh, you know, end up on both of these lists? Moss, in terms of receptions, wasn't really even close. No, but he had a ton of touchdowns. He might have had, like, 20-something touchdowns as a rookie. He was just, oh, man, yeah. he was so good. As he had 18, 17, 18. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Oh, receiving he yards, he, he is fifth all-time, receiving yards. 1998 Randy Moss would be fifth all-time. They should change that. He should be first. So one at a time. Uh, Will, go ahead. I, I said they should change that from fifth to first. They should audit those <laughs> records. And change it. Um, no, that was not Culpepper. That was Brad Johnson. And then middle of the season, Randall Cunningham came. Randall Cunningham, yeah. Oh. I was at that game at Lambeau. I was at that game at Lambeau, and he just – it was like watching a rocket ship land in the middle of the field. Like, wow, the NFL is changing, and this guy is absolutely going to be one of the greats of all time, and he ended up being that. Just a Monday night game, right? Season. Yeah, yeah, it broke the Packers' long winning streak. They just blasted them as 37-20-something. It wasn't even that close. Top I think Doug Peterson played quarterback for the Packers that night. Top six all-time seasons for receiving rookie, uh, rookie receiving yards. Groman, 1960. Again, who could forget it? 2021 team, Jamar Chase. Bro. Hold on, Todd. Team, 2020 to, Todd, hold on one second, Todd. 2021 Jamar Chase in second. 2020 Justin Jefferson in third. 2003, Anquan Bolden in fourth, 1998, Moss in fifth, and 2014, OBJ in sixth. Hmm. Were you OBJ saying? missed like four games at the beginning of the season. I think so. Like was, yeah. Yeah. Naku is that ninth. Naku is in ninth currently. Todd, what were you saying? What team was Bill Groman on in 1960? Oh, you had to ask, huh? Bill, <laughs> Bill Groman was on the AFL Houston team. Oh, yes, I do remember him. I'm throwing the – it was Pastorini to Groman. I totally remember. <laughs> I think it was yes. pre-Pastorini, too. Yeah, <laughs> AFL Houston Oilers. By the way, how about the how about the uh, Tennessee Titans going Houston Oilers throwbacks against the Houston Texans? Was that not the most distasteful thing ever? They, like, left Houston in a, in a dispute, and then they're, like, trolling them with the Houston Oilers throwbacks. Anyway. That, that was not nice. It's not very nice. It's not very nice. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, which brings us to our best bets one, two, and three. Uh, Frank Schwab from Yahoo. Frank, we'll start with one from you. You're number one. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I get it. Road favorites. Uh, it, it always looks better than it is. But I really couldn't believe the Bengals are only giving two here. Uh, the Steelers look like they're just cooked. Like, they're just, let's get the offseason here. They know their playoff hopes are done. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I believe in Jake Browning. I, yeah. You watch the tape of this guy, and he's legit. What more do you want from him? He's thrown for 275 yards at each of the last three games. They've won each of those games. And he kind of thought in the Minnesota game, like, oh, all right, he's turning into a pumpkin. This is what we're getting out of Jake Browning. And then in that fourth quarter in overtime, it was like, okay, I, I guess he's just good. I, I, guess, I don't know how you can go until your fifth season removed from college without taking an NFL snap and be a good, viable NFL quarterback, but he's here. Do I like that Jamar Chase is not there? No, of course not. But I think this Bengals team is good, and I think they're kind of invigorated a little bit by the challenge of getting to the playoffs without Joe Burrow. Obviously, they wish Joe Burrow was there. He's not, but I think they're like, we're going to rally around this guy, and and we're going to make the playoffs without Joe Burrow. I like everything about this Bengals team. I like nothing about the Steelers team, and I was shocked it was less than a field goal. I'm all day on the Bengals. If we uh, Steelers somehow come back, rise up, uh, whatever, I I just haven't seen anything out of the Steelers team. Their last three games give me any kind of indication that they're alive this season. I I just think they're they're waiting for the offseason to get here. And then we're going to have a long conversation about Mike Tomlin. And Mason Rudolph is the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That doesn't help. Yeah, Mason Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph stinks, too. So so yeah. the Steelers, in order to keep the Mike Tomlin never having had a losing season thing alive, must go 1-1-1 one, one, and one down the stretch. And Mason Rudolph is their choice to start those festivities off this weekend. Dad, what's your favorite? I don't know if Yins, I don't know if Yins remember this, but uh, Mason Rudolph and that couldn't even beat out Doc Hodges <laughs> in one of them seasons there. That's how bad Mason Mason Rudolph is that bad. He might be worse than Trubisky. Uh, you know, I, I I couldn't agree more with Frank. The Stillers look like we're in big, we're in big, big trouble. And Mason Rudolph is not the, I'd much rather have just Najee Harris lining up down there and, you know, running the old, uh, you know, running the old, uh, what do they call it? The wildcat. Just run the wildcat instead of, uh, you know, anyways. Well, uh, who am I going to take? Yeah, how do you feel about Najee Harris as a running back? Has he been a complete bust, in your opinion? I think part of it is that the line is so bad. I mean, the line is just, it, it never breaks any hole. Although the other kid has been better. Jalen no Warren, yeah, he's been great. Yeah, yeah. so maybe maybe Najee Harris is a bust. I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a shame. I thought Najee Harris was going to be good. Um, by the way, I agree with Frank. I think the Bengals have a little chip on their shoulder. They've heard a little too much. Oh, Joe Burrow is the greatest guy in the history of the world, and he's why we went to the Super Bowl and the rest of us suck. 
You know what? There's some other good players on the Bengals, you know, and I think they may want to prove that they could go to the playoffs. So I, I, I actually had that as my fourth pick um, of the week. I was almost going to use that, but I, I changed my mind. Now, is it true that Taylor Heineke is going to be the starter for the Atlanta Falcons, as I believe that to be yeah, true? Yeah, so Desmond Ritter played the first eight games of the year. Then they turned to Taylor Heineke. He played two. Desmond Ritter played the next four. They went two and two, but apparently the loss to Carolina last week was enough to put Arthur Smith over the edge. So Heineke is the starter for the rest of the season. And I'm going with the Falcons minus one. Uh, it, you know, the Falcons have some talent on offense, and I liked their offense a lot better when they had Taylor Heineke playing quarterback than Ritter. Ritter throws these incredible interceptions where he's just staring the guys down. You just can't believe it. Last week, he he, he did you guys in, or did me in as well, oh, um, on the brutal. Megapod picks with that interception inside the five. I mean, you can't throw that in the NFL. I mean, I, I mean, are they teaching him with the film? Do they have film over there in Atlanta to show him what, what he's doing wrong? Because it's ridiculous. But with Heineke, they did move the ball. I feel like he's a much better quarterback than Ritter, and they have some talent. I think you also get them after an embarrassing week now. I mean, how embarrassing it is to lose to the Carolina Panthers, who did not even score a touchdown. By the way, oh, that was a great in-game that, that I had. You asked me about in-game before. They had up in the second quarter of a monsoon, the Panthers to get less than one and a half touchdowns in the game, minus 145. Oh. I said, are you kidding me? Wow. The Panthers can't, may not get one touchdown. Forget about two touchdowns. So I pounded that one under one and a half touchdowns, minus 145 early in the second quarter. When I saw that rain coming down, I was like, this is ridiculous. So, um, okay. Anyways, my point is the Falcons are probably going to be playing their best game this week. Uh, the Colts, you know, I, I hate to go against the Colts because I like them, but I just feel like, you know, you're you're getting one team on the on the low, you're getting the other team on the high. So I want to sell high, buy low. I'm gonna go with the Falcons minus one. All right, and it looks like I mean right. that could be the end of for Desmond Ritter. Period in Atlanta feels like, but we'll see. Will Hill, Wilson Hilson. I'll have what Todd's having. Uh, this is my first pick for all the reasons Todd mentioned. Not a Ritter guy. Heineke, at least, like, we saw him play nose-to-nose -nose with Tom Brady in a playoff game. What was that, that COVID year in 2020? He's okay. He's not the answer. He's not the solution. But he's better than Ritter. I, I have not understood all year this loyalty to Ritter. You took a flyer on him in the middle of the draft. It didn't work. Um, look, he can throw the ball a little. He can run around. You're going to see why he's a backup at some point. But I think you get a little boost here. Um, and... and also, this is a fate of Indy. Indy's not good on defense. Minshew is a turnover waiting to happen. Steichen's gonna, done a good job propping him up, propping this team up. But this is still a very flawed team. So I will take Atlanta here. If you guys are right and Atlanta wins that game, that is going to take the wind out of the sails of Shane Steichen's Coach of the Year candidacy um, in a very competitive Coach of the Year market where Dan Campbell remains the short shot, followed by D'Amico Ryans and Shane Steichen. D'Amico Ryans has his own trouble in that uh, category because C.J. Stroud will be out, it looks like, from uh, not getting out of concussion protocol again this week in their game against the Cleveland Browns, but that's another story. Uh, all right, me, I'm staking. I can do two. My first play is, Todd, get ready, the Miami I'm Dolphins. Ready. The Miami Dolphins. Hey, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. Gilly's waiting to get burned. We know what happens when they play a good team. And the Cowboys are coming in off a 
destructive blowout loss. <laughs> but yes, go ahead. <laughs> It's the bully bowl between the Cowboys and the Dolphins, two teams that uh, generally crush everybody who's worse than them, generally, and uh, get popped in the mouth when they play somebody their own size. The Dolphins are only one-point favorites now at home against the Cowboys. Um, I love the Matt Brown thing about the Cowboys defense, which is people, people think of them as having this great pass rush generating defense. It's not. It's Michael Parsons. No one else generates any pass rush at all. And I think that this speed of this Dolphins team, which unlike the Cowboys, who have these unbelievably stark home road splits where they're 7-0 and at home with like a plus 24 point, point differential on average uh, versus on the road where they're 3-4 and four and they're actually uh, in the minus numbers, obviously, on average. Um, we know that the Dolphins are fast on any track. I actually think that they expose the Cowboys defense here. And I think the Dolphins win the Bully Bowl and the Cowboys lose their second straight. And I think the the, uh, the Dolphins still reeling from that loss of the Titans two weeks ago, which really could have been a season killer and still might yet prove to be a season killer for them if they end up having to go on the road in the playoffs. I think the Dolphins get it done in one of the marquee matchups, one of two marquee matchups in the uh, NFL this week. So the Dolphins are pick number one. My two and three, Jesus, I'll just start with my second here. God help me. I don't like this team, and I'm not going to live through this game. But I think the Raiders are getting too many points against the Chiefs. I think 10 and a, what is it, 10 and a half now or 10? What are you giving me here? I see 10 at Bookmaker. I see 10 most places. What most do you guys see? Yeah, you're right. Most 10 still. There's a lot of 10 and a half, but most are 10s. I'll take the 10 with the Raiders. There is nothing I like about the Raiders. There really isn't. Except for the fact that they play for Antonio Pierce. They still come out there and they play. 62, laying a 62 burger after they were shut out the previous week. It's actually a 63 burger. Please don't, you know, get it right. A 63 burger, uh, as Todd has corrected me correctly, by the way. 63 burger after getting shut out against the Vikings. 63 against the uh the Chargers, who were not wanting to play for Brandon Staley anymore. May he rest in peace. Uh, I'm taking the 10. I, I love the Listen, I still have a bet. I have a bet on the Chiefs' number one seed to end up the number one seed in the AFC. I still think there's a path where the Chiefs do get to have the number one seed. I don't think they'll make the Super Bowl, even if they are, because I think they're flawed this year. But 10 is too many. This is just a numbers play. The Raiders traditionally give the Chiefs a lot of difficulty, even in the worst of times and the best of times for the Chiefs. So uh, that totals 41. It's a low-ish total. So if you conflate the score, the spread, and the total, the market is expecting what, like a uh, a 26 to 16, a 25 to 15 kind of game. I think the Raiders can surpass that. I, I'm taking the Raiders plus the points as my second pick. Wilson. Am I getting five or five and a half here with the Ravens? You, sir, are matter. getting. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have asked. You should have said, "What is the line in the Ravens game?" Because this way no, we I, can screw. I trust you guys. But if no, I trust. No, you but guys. we're not trustable. We, what you should have said, yeah, okay. Anyways. It's it's five. Uh, it's five. It's Baltimore Ravens plus say, the five. <laughs> I I watched a lot of the 49ers Cardinals game. I had some live bets. I had some fantasy implications about to hopefully win a championship this week. No big deal. Um, the 49ers did not play good defense last week. The Cardinals at for over 430 yards of offense. Over eight yards per carry, 22 first downs, over six yards per play. It wasn't just garbage time. It was the first drive of the game. Cardinals, boom, touchdown late in the game. I mean, they 
If it wasn't for a pick six, look, 49ers were still going to win that game, but that was a much closer game than I think the final score. Uh, the Ravens, there's this trend, and I'm not a huge trend guy, but there is a trend where they play really well against the NFC, which makes sense because Lamar and that offense, it's an oddball offense. It's hard to prepare for. It's unique. Uh, you get hardball as a dog. You get a good quarterback. You get a great kicker in Tucker. Um, I mean, are the 49ers, it's the NFL. Are the 49ers just going to win every game by 14-plus points? Um, they've won all these games by double digits. I could easily see this be like a 27-24 type of game. I actually thought about taking the over, too, because I think 49ers are going to get their 30-plus against pretty much everyone, and I think Baltimore moved the ball. But uh, I'll take Baltimore plus the five. This is sort of a mini hedge, too. If you have some long shot tickets on Brock Purdy, uh, which we talked about early in the season, Gil, this is a nice way to hedge it. Take Baltimore plus five. If San Fran wins this game, this is all uh, on the table for Purdy to win it. And you can middle it, too. You can hit your plus five. You can still hit Purdy MVP. But Ravens plus five is a pick here. I, I like that pick except for one thing. I think yeah. that Keaton Mitchell injury, which he's out for the year now with a torn ACL, he, to me, that was such a like as much as was made about that injury, I don't think enough was made about that injury. That injury to me for the uh, for the Ravens rookie running back is the difference to me between them being a legit Super Bowl contender and them not um, Super Bowl winning contender, I should say, because he added like there are so many chunk plays that he makes on a weekly basis that, with the exception of Lamar, I don't know who else they go to for that. So. Uh, that's the only sort of cautionary thing for me on that game. But, you know, I'm not here to caution to make cautionary tales. That's your pick. Plus five on the Ravens. I like your idea about that being like a hedge on the Purdy thing, though. Just in case. Just in case. What did you get Purdy at? 22 to one, Will? Was that your first 22 one? 22 to one, week three. We talked about it on numbers oh, games. That Look would at be you. A nice, nice little I have him 18 to one. I got him 16 to one. Yeah. Frank, are you in on the Purdy we train? We don't have to worry about McCaffrey, right? What, that He's not going to win? No, I don't think so. No, it's a running back. I mean, running back, so it's a quarterback award. You have voters out there who say, I will never vote for a non-quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's just a quarterback award. I got a little bit on Purdy, not not a ton. I've, I've put so many chips out on everybody that at some point I'm going to win some ticket. You know, <laughs> might as well. Like I just keep – this race has been crazy, though. It has gone – everybody seems to have taken a turn. I, I, I will say the one guy – who I really don't have anything on who I think could win is Josh Allen. I mean, because he's a safe pick. He's I think the bills are going to win the AFC East. Just the way the schedules line up for the bills and dolphins. And if the bills end up coming from behind winning the AFC East, he's going to have 45 to 50 total touchdowns. And he's a safe pick. He, I, I do think voters are going to get hung up a little bit on are we really voting Brock Purdy as the MVP? The, you don't want to be the guy who voted Gino Toretta as a Heisman Trophy winner, right? Like, you want to make sure that this kind of holds up historically, and I think that they're going to be a little nervous about voting Purdy MVP. It's a, it's a great point, but here's my counter to that point, and I've, I've said this about why I bet Purdy in the end. It's one, two, three, four, and five for these voters. It's not the same as it used to be where it's a one vote for one true. person. Mm -hmm. And right. so you can really win this by getting the most second place votes. And I think that more than anything points to Purdy to me. Because to your point, because I think you're right, Frank, I think there is going to be, there's 50 voters. I think, and I've had Aaron Schatz on multiple times, and he's, you know, there's a quarterback thing. And, you know, last the second to last time I had him on, he was a Josh Allen guy. Now he was like a Purdy or Prescott thing before Prescott had the bad game. But he agreed with me that, like, Purdy could get it based on that. He'll be everybody's second-place vote if they don't go with him first. And so, which is unlike, say, comeback player of the year, which is one, two, and three, which is a great point that he made, which is 
In the case of DeMar Hamlin, who's minus 700 as opposed to minus 200 on Purdy in MVP, DeMar Hamlin, for comeback, for something as nebulous as, as comeback player of the year, he's either your number one or he's not on your ballot at all, which I think is a fascinating distinction, right? You either, you either in your brain have him because he came back from almost dying on the field and making one tackle, or you don't value that as a criteria for the award at all, you know? So I think it's I think it's very interesting. All of these are, are fascinating markets this year. I don't remember a year where we had this many that are that are so up for up in the air. And I make the point this I know everybody's got CJ Stroud as the offensive rookie of the year, but that's why I bring up the Puka Nakua thing, juxtaposed against Stroud and, and Will made a great point the other day. So let's say he he's, lost you, Gilly. We don't got you. You guys don't hear I me? Hear him. Everybody hears I hear me. You. I hear me. It's only you, Todd. There you go. There we go. Now you're back. Thanks, Todd. Um, <laughs> Todd's like, I don't hear you. Um, if Stroud, let's say so Stroud is unlikely to play this week, let's say the Texans lose. You only have two games left in the season. Remember, he, had, he didn't play last week, and he had a bad game against the Jets before that. If, they, if he somehow doesn't, isn't able to go, and concussions are weird, if he's unable to go in the second to last game, Imagine if they lose that and they're knocked out of the playoff picture entirely. Well, then D'Amico Ryans isn't going to get coach of the year. And then why would you even bother playing, right, C.J. Stroud the last week of the, of the season, even if he could go? Because concussions, there's nothing more serious than a head injury, and you got to protect your, your long-term investment. So I guess the point I'm making about offensive rookie of the year is, just throwing it into all, the, the, all those markets being up in the air is, C.J. Stroud is minus 10,000. But if that dude either doesn't play or played poorly in the last five games of the season, that's over a quarter of the year. And if Puka Nakua is setting records, is C.J. Stroud still the offensive rookie of the year at that point? You sound like a guy who might have something to do with Puka Nakua. No, I do. Full disclosure, I do. (laughs) But but you understand my thinking, right? I'm I'm just teasing you. I I agree with your thinking. I'm just teasing you. Yeah, no, I know. It reminds me. It reminds me. I don't know if you guys remember. I think it was 2017, the NBA rookie of the year where Embiid was clearly the most dominant rookie, but he only played like maybe half the season and Brogdon was okay, but he played more. And I think they Brogdon slightly. This is, this would be sort of analogous if he does miss the last four games, played poorly in a fifth game. And uh, then it's like, hey, what would you rather have? The guy who was pretty good for all the season or the guy who was great for like, you know, three quarters of the season. So it is interesting. And I do have Stroud under, I think, 3,500 passing yards. He's basically, I think, as long as he doesn't play, I win. If he throws for like 50 more yards, I lose. So I'm right at the edge there. So hopefully they they protect his health and keep him out. Yeah, Embiid played 31 games that rookie year. 31 in 2016-17. And as you said, what did he average that year? 20.2 points a game anyway. You know, but they didn't go with him. Um, okay, who are we on? Dodd? Me. Dodd. Yeah. By the way, you were saying, like, do you want to be the guy who who, who bets on Purdy to the, the one year? Did Nick Foles, when he had 27 touchdowns and two interceptions, did he win the MVP that year? I don't think so, right? No. He didn't, he didn't win it, did he? No. But he no, didn't. he had that crazy year. So, uh, anyways, um, my second pick, I, I had the uh, Ravens. Circle too, but if 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 Willie's gonna go with them, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna go with the Jacksonville Jagoffs and that. No, <laughs> here's the thing. You just have to say Jagoff. You know that's a Pittsburgh word. Down here, if Yen's gonna give us some trouble, we're just say, hey, stop being a Jagoff. Okay. Anyways, the Jacksonville Jaguars played the uh, Ravens uh, on uh, the uh, primetime game. 
I felt the Jaguars, I don't know what you guys thought. I thought the Jaguars could have easily won the game. I mean, they literally gave the game away. I believe they were inside the red zone a hundred times and scored zero points. They certainly played them uh, toe to toe. Now I've been high on the Jaguars all year and everybody else has been saying I'm an idiot. And it looks like I have been an idiot, but I mean, I really think they're, they're the kind of team that has the ability to play with anyone. I mean, they, they should have, they could have easily won that game. There's no doubt they could have beaten the Ravens in that football game, but because they do stupid things and mess things up, you know, it, it ruins the game. But now they're going, now you're getting them against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay just went into green Bay and played a great game. Maybe their best game of the year, winning a game that they probably, most people didn't think they were going to win. And now I get the Jaguars in a situation where probably all week they're kicking themselves going, we should have beaten the Ravens. We played better than the Ravens and we gave the game away to the Ravens. Can we just focus in here, guys? Can we get a little focus? And now you're going to Tampa Bay and getting one from the Buccaneers. I mean, I don't think the Jags are just slightly better than the Buccaneers. I think they're much better. And now I get them fully focused. Give me the Jag offs plus one. Yeah, but Todd, just know that Trevor Lawrence also is in concussion protocol right now. So that might inform oh, that. Is that, why, is that why the line is so low? That is correct. Still Wait, in, who's their backup again? Um, Bethard. Bethard? No. Yep. Uh, CJ Beth. Yeah. CJ Beathard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? I might have to change this now. Okay. <laughs> oh let's go. To, let's go to Frank. I'm going. I'm going away from the Jaguars. Go okay. to Frank for, for two and come back. To okay. Me Frank, go ahead. Uh, second pick. I, I like the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think if you get me to three and a half, uh, it's three or three and a half. Either one, I'm fine with because I think his Vikings team is pretty good. They're well coached. I like Kevin O'Connell. And I thought Nick Mullins played well last week. He made some mistakes, but it was his first start in forever. I think he cleaned some of that up. Justin Jefferson's a little healthier. And a lot of this is just kind of a fate of the Lions. And I know you've talked about this all season, Gil, really, that you've been low on the Lions, lower than consensus. Yeah. And I've, I've kind of come around to that, where this Lions team is is good. Uh, I'm not you know saying that they're a total fraud or anything, but they're certainly not as good as a record, I don't believe. Not as good as a hype. They, we've seen that for weeks and weeks. The fact that they blasted the Broncos doesn't mean a whole lot to me. I mean, you look at that game and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. The Broncos stink. They're, they're not really a very good team. Uh, great for the Lions to get right, but I think they go on the road in a tough environment. This team that lost to the Bears two weeks ago and really got handled by the Bears. So I really like the Vikings getting, especially if I can get more than a field goal, take the Vikings there. I, I think that, and the Vikings know that, you know, they're during the wild card race, but there's also a scenario where the Vikings are playing the Lions in week 18 for the NFC North. I, I mean, as crazy as that sounds, because I don't remember who they have week 17, but it's an easy game. The Lions have to go play at the Cowboys. If the Vikings win Sunday, if the Lions lose to the Cowboys in week 17 and the Vikings win, week 18's for the NFC North championship. As crazy as that sounds, the Vikings know what's on the line. I'll take the Vikings all day, three and a half. And my third pick, I, I was... Wait, wait, before yeah, know, you go any further, are we, yeah, yeah. before you go any further, Frank, what are we giving him on that, guys? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Nick Mullins and the Vikings are three. I, th I have more threes than three and a halves. I have more threes. You still want it, Frank, at three? Yeah, I'm fine. With, I'm fine with three. Uh, okay. I obviously, you don't love it as much, but By the I, way, I still think, I think they went straight up. I, I'm not really, truly 
that worried about the three, three and a half? Because I think this Vikings team is live on Sunday. By the way, to answer your question, Vikings host the Packers next week on Monday night. Packers. And they yeah. easily win that at home against yeah. the Packers. Packers very up and down. I know we don't, don't like doubling up, but I was going to double up anyway because my two picks I was deciding on here were the Ravens and the Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. And look, I can't logically tell you why the Cowboys are such a weird home road team, but it's a thing. It's a real thing. You talked about some of these stats. I'm going to add on to it a little bit. At home, 7-0, like you said, plus 171 point differential at home, minus four point differential on the road since at least 1933. There's been no uh, no team in NFL, in NFL history since 1933 to be at least plus 170 at home and have a negative road differential. I, I just, <laughs> since they, they just 19... go on the road and they're terrible. 33, he said, wow. At least 1930, yeah. the modern era. I saw that Bobby Belt of 105.3, the fan in Dallas. He, he had that stat out there. I didn't double check it, but it sounds right. I mean, it's just crazy that they just go on the road and they're a different team. I don't know why. I can't explain it, but I do know it's a thing. And for all the reasons you talked about, I just I think that this Miami team is ready to get the first quality win. I still like this team, even though they haven't beat anybody. And I will say this. Dallas's offense took off when they started funneling everything through C.D. Lamb, which they absolutely should. He's he's phenomenal. The Dolphins got Jalen Ramsey. That's a tough matchup. You, I don't think C.D. Lamb's just going to cook him for 130 yards in this game. So I think that that part is a little bit of a bad matchup for the Cowboys. Give me the Dolphins. I think they get their first quality win of the year. And you know what else, Frank, that neither of us mentioned that we probably should have at the top is it's Mike McDaniel versus Mike McCarthy. And I wouldn't be surprised. You know, what, you know what, Gil? I do have to say, I think Mike McCarthy is to the point, and I know you're going to laugh. That's fine. You know what I'm going to say already. He's criminally underrated. If you just do a blind resume test with Mike McCarthy, he's good. He's had a great career. He just has a bad PR guy. Like, I mean, <laughs> he. you look at his, his – I, I get every reason why people are down to McCarthy and all this stuff, but he's everybody laughed at him. Oh, you're taking over the play call. You're going to stink. And they've had one of the best offenses in football – Mike McCarthy just has a as an image problem, I think. Really, I, if you, if I don't do resume test. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with with the fact that he is probably at this point underrated. I think you're probably right about that because we've hammered him for so many years that we that he probably is underrated. On the other hand, what was it recently as two or three weeks ago? He still has those moments, man, where he does something yeah, so yeah, dumb. You're right. And I just right. wonder if, if it's going to come down to something like that. We'll we'll see. We'll see. But I, I think your point is well taken on on McCarthy. Todd, you got to do two I would, now. I would say, yeah, I would say he he should be held civilly, uh, but not criminally in the uh, in the under. <laughs> That's correct. You know, you can't. It doesn't go all the way to criminal. Civilly. Maybe civilly, we could probably do it. Um, Did I tell you about so, my uh, my jury duty last week? By the way, I had jury duty, Todd, and I had uh, I got out of it. By the way, but it was a. Uh, it was a, speaking of civil and criminal, it was a sex trafficking case. And as oh. we and as we came in from one of the breaks, this was my, like, my advice to the United States legal system. The defendants, the, the alleged uh, committers of this crime, were in the atrium downstairs of this big courthouse in, in Las Vegas. And as I'm coming in from the uh, from break, the woman, it was a duo, it was a guy and a girl who were alleged to have prostituted a young girl and used proceeds to fuel their lifestyle. And I heard the girl... Is that frowned upon? What's that? Is that frowned upon again now? Is that what? I'm sorry? 
that I was making upon. a joke. I was oh. saying, is that frowned upon? It's oh, like frowned a upon, frowned upon. I'm sorry. <laughs> is that frowned upon? And she is on the phone as I walk in. Swear to God, going, going, going. That motherfucker got off his case. There ain't no fucking way I'm settling mine. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I probably shouldn't have heard that. Maybe I should uh, go to the judge and sort of say, because you could at that point I could have gotten off from being like. Um, I'm influenced by her. She's very aggressive. Or I could have been like, I really respect her passion. I'm on her side. I could have taken it anyway. That was my, since you brought up criminal versus civil. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for the, uh, criminal, the uh, criminal justice system interlude. Yes. Uh, portion of our program. Uh, okay. My second pick, I'm, I'm going to go away from the Jags because of the quarterback situation. Uh, thank you for uh, pointing that out. You're welcome. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Green Bay Packers minus the five at Carolina. Uh, I think that the the Carolina Panthers are still a very, very bad team on offense. And, uh, you know, they did nothing last week to make me think. They could, by the way, they, there's no way they should have even won the game, and it probably shouldn't have even been close, but Desmond Ritter uh, did them in. But, uh, you know, the Packers have had a little resurgence. Now they have a little, uh, you know, bump in the road, losing to the Buccaneers. I don't see why they can't beat the, the Panthers by five points. It's less than a touchdown. The Panthers can't score. So, you know, I like if you're going to lay points against a team, it's always good to go against a team that can't score. And I think the Packers will get enough. So give me the Packers minus five. And then for my third, you want me to do my third right away, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. My third, I was going to go with, with Will's Ravens pick. I like that one also, but I'm going to go with the under in the Texans Browns game. I believe it's 40 or 40 and a half. What do you guys have? Texans Browns, 40, uh, 40, 40, more forties than 40 and a half. Okay. I'm going to go under 40. Uh, the Browns had no business winning that game on Sunday. Let's be honest. Um, you know, that was basically the bears just handing them the win. They did nothing on offense. I mean, absolutely nothing. The entire game, Joe Flacco, I still think Walker's better than Flacco, but you know, Joe Flacco throws one or two nice deep balls in the game. He did have that one beautiful throw on the, on the last drive, but he throws some really bad balls. He threw a, a pick six, another one. It should have been a pick six. I mean, he, he just, he's not very good. Uh, Joe Flacco. There's a reason he was on the street before uh, this season. And I just don't see the Browns being offensively that good. Uh, the Texans now, Who's playing quarterback? Is it Keenum? Is it is it Davis Mills? Is it is it uh, CJ Stroud? We have no idea who's even playing. And the Browns are a good defensive team. So give me the under 40. Uh, also, they don't have Tank Dell anymore. The Texans, I think he was a big part of that offense. So uh, give me under 40 in that game. I just think the Browns will try whatever they can to just grind it out, ground and pound it the whole game. Say, look, let's not let Flacco beat us with a pick six like he almost did last week. And let's just get out of here 17-14 somehow. And give me under 40 in the Browns. It, it should be Case Keenum, uh, Case Keenum as far as we know right now if C.J. Stroud is unable to go. Um, and this is a game, the Browns-Texans game is really like both teams sort of had luck box wins. Um, the Browns probably shouldn't have been in that position because you're right, the Bears offense didn't do anything. But like that Flacco to Cooper game-tying touchdown pass, I don't know how that got through. And then the Texans was the most luck boxy win of them all where Keenum somehow got them that final drive. So um, should be an interesting game. Todd going under on the 40. Willie, what you got? 
I'm going to lay it with the Eagles. I think we're looking at, what, 11 and a half, 12? I'm, I'm okay laying in the 12 here. Wow. Yeah. I just think this is a spot where they get back on track. The weakness for the Eagles, as we've seen, is their secondary. Tommy DeVito in the gang is not going to really exploit that. Philly has a good front four, a good pass rush. The Giants are not good up front. I just feel like this is one where the Philly gets a lead. They're feeling good. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a standalone game here. The crowd's going to be into it. They sort of need this game. So you worry when you're laying double digits, hey, is this team going to be focused? Are they going to be motivated? When you've lost three in a row, they're going to be focused. They're going to be motivated. They're going to play a full 60 minutes here. So I could easily see this game being, you know, 31 to 10, 34 to 10, something like that. So I'm not afraid to lay it here uh, with the Eagles. I, I know there's this, I think you call it too cool for school crowd, Gil, where it's like, oh, you can't lay double digits in the NFL. If you go back to last, I think it's like 10 years, which is a decent sample size here in the NFL. Uh, double-digit favorites take you're better off laying it than taking it which yeah. goes against you know what kind of what we thought um, you know we've always heard in terms of conventional wisdom where you can't can't lay the double just the NFL so I think the Eagles roll here I think they get back on track Eagles minus the 12 we should point out because of Christmas this is a funky week right there's the Thursday night game tonight between the Saints and the Rams yes. then we have two Saturday games the Bengals Steelers and the Bills Chargers then we have six early Sunday games December 24th three afternoon games and then the Sunday night game and then three on Monday, Christmas Day. Oh. Raiders, Chiefs, Giants, Eagles, Ravens, Niners to close the weekend, man. Great. Okay. I hate my third pick, but I have to make it. I think the Broncos are given too many points against the Patriots. I can't believe I'm taking the Patriots, but I'm going to take the six and a half with the New England Patriots. The total is 34. So again, let's do the uh let's do the score total conflation. 2014. Uh, what is it? 20 to 14. 20 to 14, correct. Something like that. I think the Patriots can keep it within 6 against this six and a half rather uh with this Broncos team. Um I don't love the Patriots. I don't like anything that they were doing, but they did show a pulse here recently. And I think the Broncos, again, are sort of criminally, I don't know what it is, like that was one of the ones we got totally right last week. Like the love for the Broncos was so over the top anecdotally. It wasn't necessarily in the market because it bounced back and forth in the market all week against the Lions. But like I was all about the Lions. I think like, the Broncos were plus 12 in turnovers uh, in the last four of that five game winning streak. They had just beaten Easton Stick in the Chargers. And people are like, people want to make Sean Payton and the Broncos into something. And by the way, they may yet make the playoffs because their last three games are very easy and they ought to win this game against the Patriots. But six and a half, I will take it. Bill Belichick going up against Sean Payton. Give me the six and a half on the Pats. And I will not enjoy that whole experience taking the six and a half, but I will nonetheless take them. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, which brings us to our teaser of the week. Frank, what's your favorite two-team six-point teaser of the week, sir? I I didn't love a whole lot. I, I can't lie. I looked at this one the longest out of everything. Just going to kind of be a, a little boring here and take a couple NFC North teams. I'll go with the Packers and the Bears. Packers, for all the reasons Todd talked about, the Panthers still stink. Like, I, I was on the Falcons, too, like all of us were at last week. And the Panthers didn't really win that game. Like The Falcons just gave it away because Arthur Smith. So I just don't see the Panthers winning this game. I don't think the Packers are very good, but they could beat the Panthers. Okay. And then the Bears, it's it's a weird comparison between the lines where they were only plus three at the Browns. They're only minus four against the Cardinals at home. Like you're telling me that there's only, if you're given two points for home field advantage, there's only a three-point difference on a neutral field between the Browns and the Cardinals. Like that, that doesn't make sense to me. I thought this line was too low. I think the Bears win this game against a Cardinals team that's not exactly going to be happy to be playing in the cold and the rain in Chicago. So I think Packers Bears get them under a field goal. I'm fine with that uh, teaser. This is, I think, this is going to be going to be one of the rare teaser weeks where all of us have a different one. Todd, what's yours? Yeah, the teasers were very difficult to find this week. I'm going to go with the Titans up to eight and a half. Um, You know, I don't like the Titans, but, you know, somehow they usually play close games. Uh, They found a way even to beat Miami in that crazy game down 14 late. I'm not a big fan of the Seahawks, uh, whether you have Geno Smith or Drew Locke or whoever plays quarterback over there. Geno Geno was a full practice yesterday, by the way. Yeah, even with Gino, I, I don't, I don't think the Seahawks are that great to that they're going to go in and blow out the Titans. So I think the Titans, and also the Titans, you know, they tend to play these, you know, uh, lower scoring games in the sense that, you know, they run the ball a lot and they try to, you know, protect the quarterback. So give me the Titans plus the eight and a half, and then give me the Bronx to win the game uh, minus a half against the Patriots. Uh, you know, I mean, the Patriots are what they. Are what the Patriots are what we thought they are. They are a team with no quarterback. And no, I don't like the Broncos, but at home, you know, I don't think they should have a problem beating uh, the Patriots. So just give me uh, the Broncos minus the half as the other side. By the way, Will Levis did not practice yesterday. We might see the return of Ryan Tannehill in that game uh, between the I'd Titans. rather have Ryan. I'd rather have Ryan and Tannehill. Yeah. yeah. By the way, they just put up something on those TV screens here at the D. We were just talking about uh, the Patriots there. They put up something. Are the Patriots trying to set up a bidding war for Bill Belichick? Do you think teams would get in a bidding war for Bill Belichick? I don't. It's. I don't think the mechanics of it work because he's old. What are the Patriots? What are the Patriots going to do? Are they going to say, "Yeah, Bill, we're firing you," but we're not really firing you. Right. We're going to keep you until there's a trade, and then we're going to hire our new coach. Yeah. Well, you're still on our. He makes a lot of money. Like Robert Kraft's still going to be paying him every day. He's there. I don't think the mechanics work that well, but I could see it. I, I, the Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is going to be the Chargers coach, right? Like, I would love to see that. Just he, as a football fan, I would he? like to see like Brady had his moment post Belichick. I would like to see Belichick, you know, with a good team, a good coach. Like that, him and Herbert would, would make like I, I'm rooting for that. I want to see that happen. I would specifically the Chargers. I would like to see. Yeah, because that would be yeah, that would be wonderful to see. Because if it doesn't go well, it does a couple things. Brandon Staley ain't that bad then. 
if Bill Belichick can't do anything with it. And also, Bill Belichick ultimately wasn't the coach we thought he was. I'm sorry. He just wasn't. As oh, come on, Bill. As, come great, on. As, as great as he was. No, he's still a first ballot Hall of Famer. Don't get me wrong. But there has to be a sentence at the end of everybody talking about Bill Belichick of, yeah, but when he didn't have Brady, he kind of sucked. Because if he can't win with Justin Herbert, the, that, set, that phrase has to exist. Where it you know, would, but you know who others. else can't win with Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert can't win with Justin <laughs> Herbert. Are we? Justin Herbert's the most overrated player in the NFL, right? You think so? Like, what's he done? What's he done? He hasn't done anything. He had a nice week last week, though. Even though he didn't play, that was his best week because you saw what that team was about. Because <laughs> you saw that's him. right. I that's just, exactly I right. I like Justin Herbert. I think he's good, but we've just given him a pass since his rookie year of like, oh yeah, he's elite. But never mind that he never comes through in the fourth quarter ever, and we judge every other quarterback that way. Uh, Justin Justin Herbert's just been on scholarships since his rookie year. He doesn't look at his. Everybody else gets judged by their record. Why doesn't Justin Herbert? Like it's if Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott are looking at that guy like, why don't we get that pass? Why why don't we get that treatment? Anyway, that's why. No, no, it's a good point. Justin Herbert's career record. Justin Herbert's career record. Thirty two is doop 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 30 and 33. Uh, and it's nice to compare it to Tua's because they were drafted right next to each other. Tua's career record is 31 and 17. By comparison. Oh, yeah, Justin Herbert's on the scholarship, man. We got a big arm. He can throw the ball a lot. Not to anybody in the fourth quarter, but he's got a big arm. Say what you're saying, Will. What'd you say? They, they, they I play said, on different Bill, teams, I was, though. I mean, that's Hill and Waddle. I mean, if you give Herbert, and I, I think, look, Herbert, that talent gets overrated. Like, oh, Eckler's this great player. Eckler, I don't think he's ever had a thousand yard rushing season. He's always hurt. Keaton Allen's always hurt. Uh, they're they're not good on defense. Who's the other receiver? Williams is always hurt. I, I, I just I think t- Herbert's talent has been overrated too. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, Herbert has had talent though, right? Keenan Allen is as good as it gets. I, I don't know. I mean, Most, no, he's as good as it gets as a receiver in the like. You think he's as good as Hill? No, okay, maybe not as good as it gets, but like we shouldn't be knocking. The t- we shouldn't be knocking talent. the talent around him. He's got he has he has plenty more talent than a lot of teams have That's around awesome. him. For sure. I'm not and, sure I agree with that. Oh, I do. Like, I mean, how many teams have as much receiver talent as he has? Over, Like, to have a guy like Keenan Allen week in and week out, to have a Mike Williams, to have, you know, uh, Eckler. Well, you know, they, they do have injuries. But I guess, listen, it, what it speaks to is a point about football itself, which is football is the hardest sport to make these kinds of judgments about, right? Because yeah. there are different coordinators. There are different systems. And there's different levels the of talent. Line. And the, the offensive, offensive line. The offensive line is gigantic. Is gigantic. Which is why I go back to the coaching point, which to me is a cleaner comparison. Again, I'll get on my soapbox. But if you've got a coach winning three Super Bowls with three mediocre quarterbacks back in the day, like a Joe Jackson Gibbs, and then you've got a, <laughs> a Belichick who's had Tom Brady, the GOAT, for all these years, but then when Tom Brady disappears, all of a sudden, you suck. He was kind of bad with Tom Brady at the end. I'm just saying, like, at some point, you do have to have a phrase at the end. Again, people go to the opposite. Oh, Gil said Bill Belichick sucked. No, I'm not. First ballot Hall of Famer because he did what he did. But you do have to have that sentence at the end for me. For me. One man's opinion. Um, By the way, can you wear a hoodie in the dome, though? That's the question. If he goes hmm. to San Diego and now he's in that hot weather, you can't wear a hoodie in there. 
No, it's an excellent point, Todd, as always. That would be a big problem because I think he he has to wear the hoodie. What does he wear? He always wears the hoodie, doesn't he? He does. He didn't used to, though, many, many years ago, right? He just wore your Cleveland Browns and your Patriots thing, and then he, once he got to the hoodie, he never let it go. Will, what is your teaser? Uh, I will go Steelers. That's just a lot of points in a Steelers-Bengals game. Browning on the road. I know we've been impressed with Browning, but the Bengals don't have Chase. They don't have Reader. I'll take the Steelers, and I'll throw it with the Titans. I would expect this you know, Seattle-Tennessee uh, game to be close. Seattle on the road is a different team. Uh, short rest. So I will go Titans, and I will go Steelers in that. I am in that. I am going to go the Indianapolis Colts. Give me a seven with them against the Falcons. I'll take Gardner Minshew and the Colts uh, getting all those points on the road against the Falcons and Taylor, Taylor Heineke. And I'll pair the Colts with the Minnesota Vikings. These are not Wongers, ladies and gentlemen. It is not a Wong kind Fez. of week. Well, good luck for Fez finding any Wongs. Are there trouble. any Wongs? Are there any Wongs this week? Yeah, there's a couple, but that's... Um, You're going to be in big trouble, Gilly. I don't even see one Wong. Do you? Well, if you went Bengals and the ones we did, Bengals, Titans. I mean, uh, Steelers, Oh, Titans. yeah, there's a, there's a few. You're right. Yeah, no, I'm not doing those. I'm going uh, Colts and Vikings. Colts and Vikings for me. All right, which brings us to our final two questions of each and every Megapod. First one, which of the big favorites, in your opinion, is the most likely to lose outright? Your choices are... On Saturday, a game we have not even mentioned, the Bills, 11.5, 12-point favorites on the road against the Charger, the Easton Stick-led Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, that is choice number one. Good God, is that the only choice? Then i got to throw in the couple games on Monday. The Chiefs are 10-point favorites at home against the Raiders, and the Eagles, 13 or 12.5, somewhere in there. What did we end up giving Will for that one, Todd? We, you know, we, we, he said 12 and a half, and I think there's enough 12 and all. The bookma bookmaker is 13, but 12 and a half, I think we can give them. 12 and a half, yeah, for sure. And then the Eagles, 12 and a half point favorites at home against the Giants. So, uh, Bills, your choices again are Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles. One of them will lose. If one of them loses, who is it, Frank? I, I, I don't really believe this, but I'll make a case against the Bills uh, because – Look, they're coming off of this stretch. Her last three games have been at Philly, at Kansas City versus Dallas. They're going to look at this as a breather. Oh, good. This is the easy part of our schedule. We get to walk this week. So I think that this is a little bit of a letdown spot for them. And we've seen teams fire their coach and have a dead cat bounce, right? Like we, we've seen you're going to play harder. We saw it the Raiders. Maybe the Chargers didn't like Brandon Staley. It certainly didn't seem like they liked him when they were giving up 63 points and getting him fired the other day. So maybe we see a little bit of an effort out of the Chargers, a little bit of a letdown from the Bills, and this game is closer than we think. Do I really, truly believe the Chargers have beaten the Bills? No, but of these three, that's easily the one. That <laughs> I thought you were going to say, but you asked the damn question, Gil, so I had to answer. <laughs> By the way, a dead cat bounce in, a, in an age of political correctness. How has that lasted? Dead cat bounce. What Why it has to do with a cat bouncing when it falls from a high thing? What is so? What's politically yeah, it's a, incorrect? It's the cat that jumped. It's not me. I didn't do it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the ones to criticize him. I'm just saying. Dead because. No, but what's what's the political part? Well, the dead part, right? Yeah. Does the cat live <laughs> after the bounce? 
Is a cat alive? Would it bounce? Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know, but I don't think anybody's in favor or not in favor bro, of cats. Bro, let me tell you something. When I called a soccer, you know these big soccer tournaments, these global soccer tournaments, and I called one of them the group of death, I was told we don't say that anymore. And I said, who am I offending, the dead? And they were like, well, yeah. <laughs> so believe me, these policemen are all over the place for all this stuff. Anyway, I'm not making the case. I'm just pointing it out. Good God, Todd. Todd Wishnev. Surprising. we have a Todd wish you know what I love about most about you Todd is when you get surprisingly serious at any given moment that's really my favorite <laughs> aspect of you I wasn't uh, it's my serious. favorite thing of all my Todd wish favorite things it's I when you all of a sudden surprisingly get serious understand what the political correctness uh, feature of that discussion uh, is sorry I got your political correctness right here all right <laughs> um uh Todd, what is yours? Of those three, what's the most likely to lose out? I'm going to pass, but I'll take the Raiders to beat the Chiefs. Me too. You know, the yeah. Chiefs, they, they they like to throw the ball to guys who drop the ball. And in, 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 in the <laughs> National Football League, that's typically not the best thing in the world. So they could lose to anyone. You know that. They lost to the Broncos. They lost to, you know, Chiefs could lose. That's mine too. Will? Um. Chargers, I could see keeping it close, actually winning. I guess I'll go with it just because, like Frank said, the spot. Chargers were humiliated. Figure they show some pride. Bills, all right, they saved their season against the Chiefs. They beat up on the Cowboys. You worry they catch their breath here. They, you know, they, they're a little uh, lackadaisical, and, and the Chargers hang around. So I guess I'll just say Bills, although mm. I don't believe it. I will say this. There will probably be a lot of three-team 10-point teasers. Oh, yeah. Bills, oh, Char yeah. Uh, Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles, yep. all standalone games. You get them all under a field goal. I, I can't really say I disagree with it. But the Chargers have no talent. Will, how can they possibly win that game? I, I apologize. Austin Eckler, who's never had a thousand yard season, uh, obviously, you know, the next uh, or one of the great running backs of all time. I do think their, their talent's a little overrated. My hot take is their uniforms are so cool that we're all visual people. They look oh, the part better. Maybe. Maybe. That could be. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I think anyway, the Eagles, the Eagles are, are not the – I think they are what we thought they were. Everyone was saying how lucky they were. They, they, even against Seattle, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of time to throw. They're not averaging huge yards per play anymore. There's something wrong over there. And and Hertz doesn't look to me like he's 100%. He, he looks a little scuffed up a bit. I, I, I think the Eagles are in big trouble. The Eagles, the franchise that won their Super Bowl with replay rules from the future that didn't exist yep. that previous, you know, that, that whole season. Um, never forget, by the way. 
The Eagles, I think, were great last year. That was their year. And I feel like they've luck boxed into this record this year. Because with those three losses that they've just had, they could have easily had two other, they could have easily had multiple other losses. The two games against the Commodores, they could have lost either of those, if not both. Uh, the game against the Cowboys, the first game against the Cowboys, they should have lost. The game against Buffalo, they absolutely should have lost. And you're right, Will, yep. the very first game of the season, right? We forget about that. Yep. Where they relied Wingland on. Wingland outplayed them. Yeah. Wingland outplayed them. Yeah. So. I do, do want to ask Todd, do we, think, do we think they'll call the correctly call the false start in Philly against uh, Kelsey on those. Yeah. Q uh, don't even get me started. That's I'm like, so, I'm so, I was so angry. <laughs> I had, I had Eagles team total over 13 and a half first half. I also had Eagles to win the second quarter. They at third and one at the five yard line, they can run the Tuchas push 14 times in a row, never have a problem. And the one time I need them to just punch it in and I win both bets, they call a, a false start, but he that played it even, the guys didn't even line up yet. No one was lined up yet. Oh, he moved the ball. He didn't move the ball. Watch the replay. It's bullshit. That was the worst call I've ever seen in my goddamn life, okay? That was unbelievable what happened to me with that with that ridiculousness. What Thank happened? God I pushed the second quarter. <laughs> what happened that to me? <laughs> what happened to me? By the way, Todd, I took that same stance on guessing lines on Monday, but somebody told me there was some – there was some other angle that I did not see where, like, he clearly moved the ball a foot. Oh, and when do they ever call it ever, ever, ever? Well, they said that they Monday have night. been warning Kelsey about this. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they were warning Kelsey, and they got a call down. Uh, Wishnev has over 13 and a half right. first half team total. Right. Can you do us a favor and call it on Kelsey right now? That's what happened. Well, because what it then it, when what it really means is what do you mean you didn't call it all those other times that he did it? That's the real crime, right? If that's if that's the case. Um, Sorry, that, I brought that, it up. I didn't know you had a bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing about the Kadarius Tony thing, right? Like when Orlovsky came on ESPN the next day, is like, wait, but he was offsides the other three times that game. Why didn't they call it then? You know, why did they choose to call it when they called it? By the but way, it was, by the way, it's before the play even started. Can't he just say, hey, move it back? It's one thing if he like does it before, like when, OK, the, everyone's lined up. Now he moves. Yeah, it but it's not, it's not the referee's obligation to tell the player to move it back. I mean, it's that's so that is just Listen, bad. Todd, bad. Todd, since you said took us Bush, can we do equal time? What's your favorite Christmas song? And will you sing it, please? I, I don't really. I mean, my favorite is actually I would typically go with uh, with Kelly Bidlin, but I did have somebody in my WhatsApp group ask me to sing, you know, the, my favorite Yinzer uh, Christmas song, and that is uh, Yins better watch out, Yins better not cry like a Cleveland Briny fan, Yins better not cry because I'm telling Yins why. Santa Claus is coming down time. Santa Claus is coming down time. Santa Claus is coming down time. And that. And that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that was wonderful. By the way, I also think Kansas City would be the team most likely to lose to the Raiders. <laughs> and that. That's the best. All right, final question. We live in a bizarre world. 16 NFL games. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. You must play a side on each and every one of them. But you get one free pass, Frank Schwab. One that you want no part of. What's the game you want no part of? I'm so glad I go first here because I can't be the only one picking the Commanders Jets, right? Uh, like, uh, first, I was just real quick, say, real quick, could you imagine? That, I was say, can we all just, I, I, 
are there odds that we're all going to pick the same game? Yeah. yeah right. Like, can you imagine being a jet season ticket holder? It is Christmas Eve. It's probably going to be like 41 degrees and raining. You're going to spend like a hundred dollars for parking to go watch the commanders and the jets. Like imagine selling your family on that. Like, Hey guys, I know it's Christmas Eve, but <laughs> I got to go watch the commanders and the jets today. I'm sorry. Like that, that might be the most miserable. Well, if, if Falcons Panthers didn't happen last week, this might be the most miserable football game of many, many years. Dad. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely a good one. I mean, what, you know, the jets are going to play defense. The commanders are going to play no defense. It's totally my uh, game. Commanders jets. I agree with Frank. That's mine. Also, it's a very difficult game too, but you know what? Here's the thing, Frank, it's an NFL game and we will watch any NFL game ever. Oh, I know. In any scenario, yeah. it doesn't matter if somebody dies on the field. Yeah. We'll scrape him off and we'll bring another guy. Now, I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying, let's be honest. We are as hooked to this NFL crap as you could possibly be hooked to uh, as a country. It's right. Well, look at that. Yes. I mean, the NBA, the NBA has five great matchups on Christmas, and we're all going to watch Raiders, Chiefs, and Giants. No question. Like, uh, no whatever. question. Whatever. It's also that's like that's not watchable. That sport's not watchable. That, it, that 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 is a ridiculous sport. It's like when there's college. First of all, college bowl games. I mean, two years ago, They're I remember. Two years ago, I remember betting like every college bowl game the first day, pre-flop, all of them, like going crazy. College bowl games are now only in-game bettable at this point, and. But yet, like Old Dominion. but what yet, go wrong? like Old Dominion in Western Kentucky, which we all made out well on. But it's, but it's it's one of those things where there's if there's five college football bowl games and there's nothing else, I'll watch them. But against an NFL slate, not a chance. I'll even pay attention. I really won't. No matter what the game tonight, totally. Saints Rams. Like, who would watch any other sport of the equivalent kind of teams? Like, what's that tonight in the NBA? What's a Saints Rams game equivalent in the NBA standings? You watching that? What is that? Well, let's say it would be the uh, the um, I'm trying to think of like comparable 500 teams. That's the Brooklyn Nets. Knicks. Yeah, like the Knicks and the Nets or something. The Nets taking on the uh, the Rockets tonight. Yeah, sure. Everybody's watching that. Anyway, um, Dad, what did you? What was your choice, Dad? I'm I'm going with Frank. I like what Frank said. I'm with Frank. I'm with Frank. Will four four of us? Yeah, no, uh, I mean, that's obviously one that I want nothing to do with. But just to be different, because it's it's fascinating. It's maybe the game of the week. It probably is. I have no feel for cow, uh, for uh, Cowboys-Dolphins whatsoever. I think Even a lot of people by, would answer that. wins by 10, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. They're just they're so hard to figure because they're just so good when they're punching below their weight. But when they find somebody as good as them, they struggle. So that's one, as great as a game it is, I, I don't, I'm not crazy about betting that one. That's a great point. I think there's a lot of people that probably feel the way you do about that. Which And, and you make a good point. Like, would any outcome surprise you? Dallas blowout. Dallas close win. Miami close win. Miami blowout. I'm not sure any would. It's all. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's all very possible. Gentlemen, Merry Christmas to you all. Holiday cheer. Whatever you Christians say to each other. Happy birthday. <laughs> no, Merry Christmas. I love Christmas. We just did our top five Christmas songs. Um, may everybody have a safe Christmas. Hey, uh, Todd, did you catch Mike Palm's uh, Christmas speech? This year, did you catch it uh, at all? No, no, I, 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 I kind of missed that one. Mm. Yeah, I missed it. Was it was as wonderful as ever. It was wonderful as ever. Uh, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Thank you, Frank. Great seeing you. And again, sorry about the whole Week 18 stuff. 
I've uh, graduated up to week 16. Yeah. Maybe next year I can get into November at some point. It'd be awesome. Hey, no, well, I, let's I not, get, it, let's not get crazy, Frank. No, I'm kidding. I'm absolutely <laughs> I kidding. appreciate it, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending the time. Uh, Todd Wishnev and Will Hill. Wishnev, uh, the uh, Showtime docuseries Action. You can follow him at T. Wishnev. Uh, At T. Wishnev, and by the way, I realize that I can put more than 256 people in my WhatsApp group. Oh. So if you want to be in the college basketball WhatsApp group that's been doing pretty well before Tuesday night when I got crushed, but uh, you can just, uh, you know, ask me over there. Okay. At T. Wishnev. And then uh, Will Hill at not the Will Hill, two E's on the V. Uh, he's also on the Bear Bets podcast with Chris Felica. What's the uh, Golden Boys? What's that stuff? Uh, Gold Boys Discord. Gold Boys Discord. Frank, what's your uh, what's your your uh, Twitter? At Yahoo Schwab. At Yahoo Schwab. All right. Beating the Book Podcast for Week 16. Good luck with all your bets in the National Football League. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.